Back to the Bald Face Truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. In a little bit, in a few minutes here, we'll check in live from Vegas with Colton Clark. Covers Washington State men's basketball, covers Washington State athletics uh, for the Spokesman Review. He'll join us uh, from Vegas. Ducks and Cougars tomorrow at uh, 2.30 in the quarterfinals. That's the matchup that we're going to get there. Pac-12 tournament underway in Vegas. Uh, Judah Newby in for John Canzano, by the way, here on the BFT and the BFT Radio Network. Appreciate you guys uh, being along for the ride. Uh, some of the action so far, Colorado and Washington played in the 8 versus 9 game. Colorado wins it 74-68. They're moving on to the quarterfinals. We'll see what the uh, future of Mike Hopkins is with UW. Uh, talking about Jim Beheim earlier today, Hopkins the Beheim disciple. Uh, he's gone through, you know, some ups and downs with the Huskies. And uh, they finish flat 500 on the year, 16-16 and 16 overall after this loss to Colorado. And then Washington State, they just beat Cal 69-52. Will, in all likelihood, be the end of the line for Mark Fox, the Cal head coach. And uh, we'll await that announcement when it gets made. Washington State, though, the five seed, they do advance, and they will play the four seed, Oregon, tomorrow at 2.30 in the quarterfinals. At 6 o'clock, Stanford plays Utah. Betting line on that? Pick them. Who you want? Stanford? Utah. Uh, that should be a good one. A different betting line on the last game tonight. Oregon State, Arizona State, 830, Pac-12 Network. The betting line there, ASU minus 11. Didn't we see this game? When John Cazano did a show from uh, Spirit Mountain Casino the Thursday before the Super Bowl, or it was, uh, it was, you know, a week before the Super Bowl, we went down to Spirit Mountain, had a big show. By the way, we're going to do that again on Monday. So if you are interested, if you're around, head on out to Spirit Mountain Casino. Go check out John Canzano and uh, and the crew. Steven will be down there as well. And we're going to have a good old time uh, with Spirit Mountain Casino. So that's happening again Monday. So heads up there. Uh, but we did a show. And was, was it that day, Steven, that the Beavers were playing the Sun Devils? Uh, yeah, it was down in Tempe. Because uh, we were talking about that matchup. And wasn't it a similar point spread, too? It, it was 12 and a half, if I remember correctly. Okay. Oregon State was up at halftime. They were having a really nice game, and it, we talked about it. Me, me and John both made the bet on Oregon State plus the points. It ended up cashing at the very end, but uh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out that way again. Arizona State, very inconsistent team and not a great shooting team. And we saw in the first half of the Washington-Colorado game, Judah, it was like 16 to 10 after, like, you know, uh, I, I think I tweeted out Washington had 18 points in 14 minutes or something yeah. like that. Like it was a very low scoring first half of the game. So I, you know, people, you know, guys have a hard time adjusting to the to the way you look at it in, in that big arena. So I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona State comes out and struggles shooting the basketball. You know, Wayne Tinkle's going to have some type of zone that he's going to throw out Arizona State, make him prove that they can shoot it. I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon State hangs around for longer than we expect, but Arizona State should get the win at the end of the day. They absolutely should. And uh, should they win, they would advance to play USC, correct? The three seed in a 3-6 game. How would you size that one up? Yeah, I mean, that would basically be a, a win and you're in, almost in the NCAA tournament type of thing. I mean, I think Arizona State, 
USC might be in even with a loss. I think Arizona State has to get the win over USC, but I do think it's a win and you're in for both those teams, and it'll be really interesting one. I think I like USC in that one, but I, I can't wait to watch it. I said that USC is getting overlooked because everybody was talking about UCLA. They were talking about uh, Arizona, obviously, as well. Jalen Clark injury you know, might hamper UCLA a little bit. John is obviously really bullish on Oregon. You're not so much on Oregon. Uh, I, I put forward USC and I put forward Washington State. And I don't know. What do you think about USC? Dangerous as a three or are they just kind of they're good, but they're not going to be an elite team or a great team? Yeah, I don't know that they're necessarily a great team. Um, they're one of those teams that can beat anybody on any given day. They've beaten UCLA this year when you say it was healthy, but they've also lost to some really bad teams. Very consistent, but very talented team as well. You know, Boogie Ellis is their main main guy, best player. Uh, he, he's a good guard. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're a good team that I think could make a run, but I don't expect it to be because they're not having it consistent all year. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, 503-417-7575, if you've got a thought or a pick on the men's Pac-12 tournament, John Cazano is down there uh, covering it. Be sure to uh, read them up on johncazano.com. Get that newsletter. Get that subscription. Uh, it's a lot of fun to, to follow along with JC. Uh, and he'll check in with us throughout the tournament as well here on the BFT and the BFT Radio Network. Uh, working on securing a connection right now with someone who is also covering the Pac-12 tournament live in Vegas. And uh, Colton Clark covers Washington State Athletics for the spokesman review and he joins us on the line right now from vegas colton thanks for joining us man how you doing hey great thanks for having me guys yeah appreciate it i know you're uh you're, you're gutting it out a little bit we got all kinds of electrical interference probably in the arena and uh, all sorts of things but you've you're gutting it out you're you're getting on the show and i appreciate that yeah, yeah, thanks a lot. I, yeah, I don't know what the deal was. It's Wi-Fi or if I just have too many interview recordings, but I could not do anything with my phone, so I appreciate you guys being patient with me. We appreciate you. All right, you cover the Cougars. They had no problem with Cal. 69-52. The Cougs moving on to the quarterfinals. I know it was an expected result, Colton, but bullet points from this one, how'd it come about? Oh, well, you know, uh, I think underrated uh, Wazoo's one of the, I would say, top five defensive teams in the in the conference, and that's kind of what Kyle Smith, you know, prides his, his teams on. And so, uh, first half actually matched their best defensive half in in terms of point total, and it was it was kind of one of those because they they couldn't really get the shooting going, and they've had streaky stretches like that. So, I think first and foremost is that first half was one of their best defensive halves of the season, and then you know, fourteen points at that point, and then kind of uh, you know helped steady from there. Uh, got a little bit more offense going. Uh, Cal did as well, but yeah. And then second half was shared scoring. Uh, the, as Smith just said, the veterans carried him down the stretch. Uh, uh, TJ Bomba, especially, I think he scored nine of his, of his seventeen in the last two minutes and forty seconds, just to put that away when it got to eleven. Uh, yeah, and uh, led by double digits the entire second half, as many as twenty-one. Um, yep, and went three for three against Cal this year, and. Improve, uh, seven straight games, uh, seven straight wins for the Cougs, which is their uh, best winning streak in uh, against conference opponents in 40 years. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, the vibes are high in Pullman right now, uh, Colton. After what the women did in, in the Pac-12 tournament, and the men are are riding high. It's it's fun to see. I know Oregon really valued that buy and, and getting the four seed 
avoiding a first round game and able to uh, to get you know one day off. Uh, were the Cougars at all? I mean, you get to play Cal. It's kind of a nice appetizer in a way to get ready for the quarterfinals, uh, and it's fairly stress free. But were they disappointed at all to get to get the five and not get the bye, or was that any kind of advantage one way or the other? Uh, you know, I don't. I, I don't think so. Maybe playing. Uh, uh, I think maybe they were more surprised. Not surprised, but surprising to fans or people on the outside that they were the five, and because they were, you know, they're. 10 and 15 a few weeks ago, and it seemed like postseason chances were buried. But to, to jump up into the, the top half of the of the conference, I think, was, is – they haven't really voiced anything about, oh, you know, we deserve to be uh, in, in the, you know, by conversation just because they had such a, a, a kind of a mm. such streaky start back and, you know, up and down and, and finally start, started to put it together. So many injuries and newcomers, and that was kind of the – and the whole season started off with a couple of big injuries, season-ending uh, health issues, and and uh, so I think just being in the in the top half for the second year in the row in a row is is a, a you know a welcome accomplishment for this team. And uh, you, you know I don't know if it's a, it, an advantage. People talk about it. I don't know if it's an advantage to to, to play and maybe get warmed up or to have the buy and uh, have that rest. So I guess that remains to be seen. They get the Ducks tomorrow, two thirty in the quarterfinals. What are your initial thoughts on the matchup? Oh man, I, I'd like to see. I, I, I don't know why. I, I just have a feeling it'll be like the game in Pullman. It, it, I don't know who would win. You know, I'm no expert on that, on making predictions and, and everything. But that game was so entertaining. It was there was almost no separation. Both teams are so seem similarly talented and like they match up really well against each other. Even that game in Eugene. Uh, early in the season was just so back and forth until Oregon pulled away in the last 90 seconds, I want to say. And then that one in Pullman, there was almost, it was hard to write about because it was three point wazoo win. And there's just did not seem to be an edge at all. Uh, yeah. You probably remember that one as well. It's, it's just, uh, I'm looking forward to a really entertaining ball game. Seems like these teams match up well against each other. It's, it's, pretty much all i've got sorry yeah no i I love it that's part of what makes the the tournament special you mentioned the defense helping key this run and underrated defense uh what else about this current cougar unit has impressed you during this stretch of victories oh well yeah uh tj bomba and mo gay the two uh two captains of the team for sure I, i think it was coming into this game uh, Mo was averaging in, in the last six games. He was averaging something like um, 15 and 10, shooting 60 percent. And uh, over the last three games, Bomba was averaging 26 points and shooting 61 percent. Uh, so those guys just exploded late in the year. They've been good all year. They've been the leaders all year, but they really just saved their best ball for late. And then the guys around them, like the the, the floor, like DJ Rodman and Yakimovsky, the really veteran forwards, who just giving them a little bit of scoring when they need it, uh, basically waiting for their opportunities to shoot, but letting TJ and Mo uh, handle it. Uh, and then Justin Powell uh, really developed as a point guard, first-year kook, uh, and a really good defender. So it, it seems like they're gelling together like the three other starters have, have, have found they're settled into their roles, and then uh, Gay and Bomba have settled into starring roles. And that's what Smith talked about that too, the five starters – are really, really starting to click, and it really 
a new look starting lineup, and maybe it just took till the end of the season to to have it clicking like it is right now. And and with uh, and, and even Gay and Bamba didn't have their their they they ended up putting up decent totals today, but uh, they are capable of like guys like Rodman and Yakimovsky and Powell. They can contribute when the when the stars are down. Uh, they just do seem to be a. A, a fairly complete team right now, and I think that that shows in the in the streak and how they've competed with teams like UCLA and Arizona and Baylor uh, this year. I think they can they really can match up with uh, the upper tier teams. Colton Clark covers Washington State athletics for the Spokesman Review. He's on Twitter at Spokesman Clark. It's going to be Ducks and Cougs, uh, the Ernie Kent battle. Uh, tomorrow at two thirty in Vegas. <laughs> I know Jordan is there in the arena, so uh, say hi to him for me if if you do see okay. him. Yeah, Love I got to work that into the story somehow. The Kent battle. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're welcome for that one. Uh, uh, yeah. There's there's a Rodman on the team. Uh, you know, I as someone that, that follows soccer as well, I know Trinity Rodman uh, was at Washington State and she's doing big things in in pro soccer. Uh, the daughter of Dennis Rodman and you mentioned DJ. Uh, what's it like covering a Rodman? <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, uh, it's interesting. I did have a really long sit down with him a couple a uh, couple months ago or so, and and uh, you know, I would obviously recommend reading my stories, but that that one was was one of my better ones, I thought, just because it was so interesting their lives and and uh, how you know Trinity and DJ they say they're like, hey, we're you know, he's our dad, but like he didn't raise us. Like they were raised completely by their moms. They had a tough upbringing and but it, it's funny that dj just happens to play uh like his dad uh, with the the i mean he drew five fouls in the first in like seven minutes of this game he had a double double he's just like a grinder type of guy who's always on the floor diving for loose balls just crashing the glass i mean he's had a whole he's had a handful of games with like six seven offensive rebounds this year but he's he's six six and a half maybe uh so he plays like him uh, and, and he just really is a, just a humble dude, uh, really, really easy to talk to, really smart. He's going to be a, a – a, a, after his basketball career is over, he's going to be a great broadcaster type of guy. I think that's what he's looking to do. And, yeah, he, he – uh, so, I, yeah, I'd recommend reading the, the piece I wrote about him, just about his upbringing and, and how he's developed into a – it took a while. It took a few years for him to develop into the player he's today, but really good role player, and now he has a little – standout games and still doing that that dirty work that he kind of takes pride in what has this recent run of success meant for kyle smith and his coaching tenure um for those of us kind of watching wazoo basketball from afar (laughs) as it relates to the pac-12 conference he's been here for a few years right this is year four for him and and what has this uh recent run meant for him well it may may be similar to last year uh, last year they had a not this kind of string of wins, but uh, they were similarly like got hot late in the year, kind of a new look squad, and then made that big run to the semifinals of the NIT. Um, it, it's kind of similar in that way, uh, except I guess they're, they're aiming higher. Again, though, that would be a, a miracle to, to run through this, this tournament and make the end because the NCAAs are off the table if they don't win the whole thing. But it sounds like a, you know, maybe one more win or maybe this win tonight did it. It sounds like they might be in the NIT anyway. So I think uh, that's huge just for uh, how it started. A lot of people midway through the season, I know that a lot of the fan base was like, oh, God, 
you know, I thought we had built last year, and now it seems like we have to build again. And, you know, a, a big things, Miles Rice and Deshaun Jackson, who were lost uh, to, to health health deals early. Miles Rice was supposed to be a, a almost maybe a starting a guard, and, and he actually uh, is battling cancer right now. And then mm-hmm. Deshaun Jackson, who's their starting center, uh, is an unspecified medical deal. Um, that was before the season they lost them, and that was a big – setback obviously and then they had a bunch of injuries the lineup was never stable and then when they finally put it together you're starting to see a little bit more of the potential even without two of the guys who haven't played all season uh so i, I think similar to it, it you know it uh restored hope in the fan base that you know especially seeing what the the women's run especially seeing the women's run uh and i know that they can draw inspiration from that too so yeah yeah big a big two years in a row, uh, getting hot at the right time. Well, I know you say it'd be a, a miracle if they can get through the Fact 12 tournament and win it, but I just saw the women's team do it, Colton, and it just might be a, a magical thing. Is anybody in Pullman believing in, in magic this time of year? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just uh, And I've been seeing it on Twitter it, right after the women won it. It was like, oh, the men are going to do it, too. Like, they're almost like, the belief has almost turned into like confidence. They're like, "Oh, this is our month. Like, this is our year." Uh, <laughs> and it really is. If you look at it, like, just the school, it's like a perfect Cinderella school, you know? Uh, it's it just tucked in the wheat fields, and this and uh, really, you can't find a, a city for. <laughs> you have to drive seventy miles to Spokane to get to an actual city, and it's it. It really does feel like a Cinderella town, and. and you know, maybe maybe this is this this is their year. I'm gonna I'm gonna try not to you know say too much to get up too hyped up here. But uh, with the way they're playing, though, it just it, both teams are clicking at the right time, and and uh, uh, sort of the the what what Cami Etheridge and Kyle Smith pride themselves on, what they built programs with, are similar similar kind of tenants. You know, so. Uh, yeah, like I said, they can draw inspiration from that, and, and the the folks in Pullman are seem that they're, they're like, oh, what if you know? <laughs> I look up and I see Shania Twain tweeting about the Cougar women's basketball team. I see Clay oh, no. Clay Thompson repping his alma mater. I'm like, man, that's good. You know, capture the vibes yeah. while you have them. Like that, that's awesome stuff. Right. That gives me a, a lot to work with, for sure. Yeah, I love that. Uh, quick pivot. What uh, What do you know about uh, Cougar football this time of year as, as spring football is nearing? Uh, I can't help but be interested with, with what's going on after, you know, obviously, Eric Morris is leaving and Jake Dicker, you know, the, the he's fresh on the scene, but now, you know, first full season's behind him. Now they're trying to build something with a little bit of expectation and potential uh, what do you know of Wazoo football as we get ready for spring spring ball? Well, it, it seems they made some good hires. I mean, uh, the new offensive coordinator, Ben Arbuckle, up-and-coming guy from Western Kentucky, had one of the best offenses, one of, one of the best passing offenses in the country last year. And and uh, they're all – the big emphasis for them is to stretch the field more, to get more of those downfield shots because there's too many short balls last year, and they have the quarterback to be able to do it. So – I'll be I'll be really interested to see the the, the offensive scheme uh, as they install it during spring camp and and seeing if they they go downfield a little bit more because Cameron Ward really his potential and and hey, you probably remember that that Oregon game that that yeah. kind of shootout they had with the Ducks 
uh, in September was, you know, you could see uh, a little bit of Ward's potential in that game. Um, and they added a bunch of, you know, high uh, G5 transfer receivers, but, but guys that are veterans and have had big numbers before. So I'll really be looking at the, uh, the passing concepts they install, if they do stretch the field more, what they do with these three uh, G5 receiver transfers and how Cam, uh, Cam Ward has developed. And then their new D coordinator, uh, Jeff Schmetting, a Spokane guy, longtime Eastern Washington uh, coach, was with Harson at Boise State and Auburn. Uh, I'll see what what kind of tweaks they add. It is Dickert's defense. They've kind of, uh, with with uh, additions, uh, Dickert, I guess, doesn't want it to really be known as his defense, but it is his defense he installed in 2020. Um, so I would like to see, you know, what kind of tweaks they've made uh, if they uh, – are still doing the same sets of uh, speed rusher lines and whatnot because they've had a good defense for the last couple of years. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see how similar the defense is compared to the last two years and how, what Schmetting adds or, or if Dickert's defense is still seems the same. And, yeah, that if they get a little bit more explosive in the passing game. On Twitter, at Spokesman Clark, Colton Clark covers all things Washington State Athletics for the Spokesman Review, joining us live from Vegas and the Pac-12 Men's Tournament where the five-seed Cougars move on comfortably past Cal and next get a date with four-seed Oregon tomorrow, 2.30 in the quarterfinals. Colton, thanks for making time for us on short notice. We appreciate it, my friend. Enjoy the brief, if any, downtime that you have in Vegas, and uh, we'll look forward to following your coverage throughout the tournament. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. There he is. And say hi to Gonzalo for us uh, if you see him. <laughs> I know he's uh, he's down there somewhere, uh, JC, tweeting from inside the arena earlier today at John Gonzalo BFT. That's Colton Clark. A lot of fun. Uh, I am heavy on the clock. I, w- I would have had more follow-ups about Kook football because I can't get enough college football in my life right about now. Uh, but we'll reset some of those thoughts on the other side. Maybe a, a sniff around the Ducks and Beavs as well as we close up the show on this fine Wednesday. Newbie in for Kazano on the Baldface Truth.